Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In a previous program, I had made mention of Joe Manchin. He's the Democrat United States Senator from West Virginia that I view as being representative, symbolic, archetypal of West Virginia politicians, at least at the highest level, the federal level, congressmen and senators. Longtime public servant from West Virginia, representing West Virginia, previously as a congressman, now as senator. At the time that I made mention of him, I was making reference to some other things, including this matter that many people are born into a family that identifies as being Democrat or Republican or what have you. And that (laughs) what the Democrat Party as bad as it was then, what the Democrat Party was in the 50s, 1950s, 1960s, last century, right, is very different from what it morphed into being. It's not that the seeds weren't there. They were. But... It has just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And I don't understand how people whom I view as being respectable people, and I think of Joe Manchin, how they can stay with that party and be a party to what that party is engaged in, which is promoting evil. At the time that I made mention of him, I was unaware of any exceedingly, scathingly, stupidly derogatory statements having been tweeted about him by the tweeter-in-chief, who referred to him in all manner of disparaging ways as being weak and pathetic and inferred that he was lazy and stated in various ways that he was unintelligent, just so stupid of the President of the United States to engage in that. And yet he's gotten away with that going back to when he began running for president. It's one thing to refer to wicked people as being wicked, but he is always engaging in this horrible, ridiculing name-calling of people that are undeserving of it. And I certainly agree with Joe Manchin responding that, in his view, the president is weak and corrupt. But he also stated, no Democrat has worked harder in a bipartisan way in the hopes that you would succeed. His was the lone vote 
among the Democrat senators to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. West Virginia, so heavily Democrat, blue-collar labor state to such a great extent, even though it has embraced technology very much. But Trump won West Virginia by 40 percentage points. The Democrat Party really lost a grip on that on the presidential election. Hillary Rodham Clinton did. But speaking of Democrats, one whom I view as absolutely wicked, a woman whom in her prime I considered to be a beautiful woman, beautiful, desirable woman, bright, keen <laughs> intellect, and just just black-hearted, but apart from that. <laughs> and she's been very successful. Well, she made a statement that President Trump's words on behalf of former longtime associate Roger Stone that they amounted to political interference in the judiciary and are, quote, an abuse of power, end quote. Again, this from the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of California. Quote, this is an abuse of power that the president is again trying to manipulate federal law enforcement to serve his political interest. It is not what America is about. It is so wrong, end quote. And I thought it was fascinating that on the very same day that dear Nancy comes out with this, she also headlined a celebratory gathering to insist on demanding that that old dead duck constitutional amendment cause celeb of Jimmy Carter, among others, known as, titled as, being the Equal Rights Amendment, the so-called Equal Rights Amendment, intended to subvert society, erode culture. But, and so heavily, angrily, hatefully fought for by all of the leftists, all of the feminists, and what have you, the feminazis. But fascinatingly enough, even while she's talking about President Trump supposedly committing an abuse of power, you know, manipulating federal law enforcement, here Nancy is the head cheerleader manipulating the federal process illegally, unconstitutionally, 
committing this grievous, flagrant abuse of power. When it serves her purposes, it's fine. She never had a problem with Barack Hussein Obama's abuses of power. Never had a problem with Bill Bubba Clinton's and Hillary Rodham Clinton's abuses of power. Nor her own. But this so-called Equal Rights Amendment that it was sent to the (laughs) Congress sent this amendment to the people of this great land. Back in 1972, there was a stipulation, there always is, there always are rules and regulations And fascinating, this group of dear Nancy Pelosi's here. These are all women lawmakers, lawbreakers, legislators. But they do not believe in the rule of law, no matter what they say. These are not law-abiding people. These are people who believe might makes right. But... People like Carolyn Maloney of New York. Just such an excellent example of that. But the stipulation was that there were seven years in which the states had to ratify this constitutional amendment. And when it came right up against the deadline, dear... President, Sunday School, Southern Baptist, trust me, Jimmy Carter. Unknown to the American people as being this, but known in political circles down home in Georgia as being a ruthless politician. He extended it unconstitutionally, illegally extended the deadline five more years to 1982. So did it get ratified? No. It still failed to be ratified. It is dead, gone, finito. Can these uber-leftist feminists make another attempt, come up with another so-called Equal Rights Amendment? Of course they can. But no, they want to fast-track it and mainstream it. So they've had this underground program going on in which they have continued in states that they control, that they have gained control of politically, to do this sham ratification. Extraordinary, but, and legally inadmissible, impossible, invalid, illegal, unconstitutional, but don't let that stop us. (laughs) So what have they done? They have managed to pass this sham 
ratification in three states in the past three years. Virginia, which used to be Republican, but has been taken over by the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party was strong in the North, (laughs) the Republican Party in the rest. But it has gone more and more and more Democrat with changes in demographics from additions to its population that have favored the Democrat Party. Nevada, which is very heavily Mexican, Hispanic, Latino, a great amount of population movement from California into Nevada. And Illinois. Yes, the land of Chicago and Mayor Daly's machine and Rahm Emanuel's machine when he was gov there. Former chief of staff for some appalling excuse of president. But Barack Hussein Obama's Illinois, a state identified with, synonymous with political corruption to the core, and also with all manner of terrible gang violence in Chicago, black gang violence, but it ratified it. So three engaged in this and went ahead and passed these sham, illegal, unconstitutional ratifications. And now, Nancy, dear Nancy, and all of her kindred spirits are demanding that these ratifications, these sham, false, dishonest, dishonorable ratifications be recognized and that this so-called Equal Rights Amendment be forced through as law. Hook and crook. That is Nancy's specialty. That is the Democrat Party's specialty. That's why the Democrat Party is known as the evil party. And the Republican Party's failure to oppose this sort of thing adequately, intelligently, is why they are known as the stupid party. But in this same time span, not the past three years, but since the actual legal legitimate ratification period and on into the unconstitutional illegal ratification extension from President Jimmy Carter. And since then, five states voted to rescind their approval. Well, five minus three is two. So actually, the so-called Equal Rights Amendment is two votes shorter than it was so many years ago. Two votes shorter of ratification, even though the rescissions, I believe that they all took place before the end of the 
extension. But definitely some of them were legitimate. I'm not sure if all of them were. None of these sham ratifications were legitimate. But again, it's just a matter of gaming the system. Having it your way. They keep pounding on pushing cases to the Supreme Court. And when the Supreme Court doesn't give them the answer they want, the ruling they want, the verdict they want, they denounce those decisions as illegitimate and so forth. And they keep banging away. And 50 years later, they finally get one through and then they claim it is unassailable Absolute law, settled law. It wasn't settled law before, but now it's settled law. Such was the case with Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton. This is the way dear Nancy and her girls operate. Dishonestly, dishonorably, deceitfully, abusively. Ironically, and this is extraordinarily, breathtakingly ironic, is that the head cheerleader for the so-called Equal Rights Amendment is none other than Supreme Court Justice, great-great-great-great-grandmother, Ruth Bader Ginsburg whom I affectionately view as a Nazi stormtrooper, but she said that these ERA supporters, they need to start over in trying to get it passed. She said, quote, there's too much controversy about latecomers, plus a number of states have withdrawn their ratification. So if you count a latecomer on the plus side, how can you disregard states that said we've changed our minds? No, they didn't say they've changed their mind, end quote. They didn't say they've changed their minds. They rescinded the ratification, which is a heck of a lot stronger than that. But it's absolutely true. And at least some of these rescissions were (laughs) during the extended ratification period. But, oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, all of a sudden, uh, they want to ignore Ruth (laughs) because she's not saying what they want her to say. 1982, and here we are in 20. 20. But 1982 was legitimate too. You really need to go back to 77. 78, 79, those wonderful years from 1972 forward and boom. And so it was a three-year extension. Pardon me, Jimmy. (laughs) Three-year unconstitutional illegal extension. And instead of moving forward, they kind of slid, kind of stuck and then slid backwards with the rescissions. But again, this is the way that these people operate. Dear Nancy said, quote, when women succeed, America succeeds. 
end quote. This does not constitute success for women to push through this ERA amendment, even if it were done constitutionally and legally, let alone underhandedly here, dishonestly, dishonorably, illegally, without legal standing, unconstitutionally. Oh, this is for progress for families. According to Nancy, no. It's for erosion of the family. So that the radical feminists, but as far as I'm concerned, they're just feminists, so that the feminists can rule and reign. This is what has been going on for decades and decades and decades. When they have used public education to corrupt and pervert, to subvert, to overthrow the children and to teach the children not to talk to their parents about what they've been taught in school, what they've been indoctrinated in school. This has gone on for decades and decades, undermining the teaching and the authority of mothers, not just fathers, but mothers. But there are the evil women and the good women. The ungodly, godless, anti-God women and the godly women. And oh yes, of course, the anti-God women, they can feign religiosity. But speaking of Nancy Pelosi, perhaps you've heard of gray death. It's a new type of heroin, 10,000 times more potent than morphine. It is so deadly that even a minuscule amount of this drug can kill. And it first appeared in the South, the Deep South, Alabama and Georgia. Now in Louisiana, this gray death, as it is called, It's a toxic, horrible, deadly combination of, quote, some of the most deadly opioids, including heroin, fentanyl, and various fentanyl analogs, end quote. And looking at it, it looks like gray rocks or clumps of concrete. Just looks like clumps of concrete that have broken off from a concrete structure or road or what have you. Horrible stuff. And the sheriff's office, they have made the following advisory. Quote, the public is advised to never pick up or touch this drug if you ever encounter it and to call and report it to law enforcement. End quote. Deadly, deadly Horrible, nightmarish stuff. Meanwhile, in the glorious state that Michael Bloomberg was mayor, Republican mayor, left-wing Republican mayor, the little man, one of one of the Michael Dukakis's in this year's presidential go-round. There is Michael 
Dukakis Bloomberg, and there's Petey Dukakis Buttigieg. But, dear Mikey's great state, great sanctuary state of New York, which last year passed a so-called green light law allowing illegal immigrants to apply for driver's licenses. Why not? I mean, this is the same situation as with California, you know, spanning the nation from coast to coast. And they limited, they put forth a law to limit federal immigration authorities from having access to the state's Department of Motor Vehicles records. So they barred the federal government from finding out who these illegals are who have applied for driver's licenses and or obtained them. Just absolute flagrant rebellion of the federal government, but totally okay with Nancy Pelosi. Totally. That's not an abuse of power. Heavens, no. Well, the terrible Trump administration (laughs) has uh, voided policy for extra fast, swift passage through airport security lines and borders for New Yorkers. Well, how terrible. As if there isn't some legitimate basis for that, given what the great state of New York has done under the leadership of such visionaries, luminaries, as Michael Bloomberg. Oh, well. All of the great ones there in New York in the governorship, in the mayorty, mayoralty. And of course, and it's interesting, it is so left-wing, but they do have a habit of electing some Republicans for mayor in New York City. They're always extreme left-wing Republicans, but Michael Bloomberg, Blasio, de Blasio, whom they have now, going back to the man that was identified with Johnny Walker from long ago, Mayor Lindsay, John Lindsay, but fantastic. Before I continue, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done, and whatever's right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. And whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is on me. That is due to me. That is my fault. Perhaps you saw or heard something about this awful woman, Joyce Mitchell, who enabled a couple convicted murderers to escape from a prison in New York State. Yes. Oh, and she was sentenced to a term of two and one-third to eight years. Well, she was released. So she certainly didn't serve any eight years. She was sentenced back in September 2015, and she was released this month, at the beginning of this month. Well, 
What's so bad about what she did anyway? (laughs) She provided the tools with which these two convicted murderers were able to break out of prison. She smuggled hacksaw blades into them, chisels and other tools. She bought six hacksaw blades, gave them directly to one of them. She smuggled others in. And I thought one thing that was astonishing to me is that it said that the inmates used power tools to break out. But anyway, just a wonderful woman. Fortunately for the people in the great state of New York and the people in Canada, fortunately, they were apprehended. They were caught. They were arrested very near the New York State-Canadian border. As far as I know, They didn't murder any people on their way to the border. But imagine if they had. If this idiot, if due to what she did, this horrible, horrible thing she did, not just at one point, but ongoingly did, an accessory to them, If they had committed any crimes, any violent crimes especially, she would have been an accessory before the fact. Of course, you know, dear, compassionate, mindless juries might have found her not guilty of being responsible for such things. But on the other hand, she could have found herself in prison for the rest of her life. And she certainly should have if that had transpired. And as far as I'm concerned, she should have for what she did. But speaking of murderers, there is a fellow named Robert Williams who very, very, very recently was arrested in, of all places, the 41st Precinct Station House in New York City, where he had attempted to commit mass murder of police officers. Twelve hours before that, he attempted to murder Two other police officers. As they were in the Hunts Point section. On Simpson Street. He shot one of them in the chin and neck. Premeditated attempted mass murder. Premeditated attempted murder of those two officers premeditated attempted mass murder at the precinct station. But he failed. His gun jammed. Officers (laughs) took their lives in their hands and went after him. 
what got me about the reporting on it is that it was stated, and it's not the reporter's fault, per se. They were repeating what they were told, but that this was an assassination attempt. No. Assassination involves targeting individuals specifically. Individual or individuals to murder them for political reasons and or has also been referred to as religious reasons. He was trying to commit mass murder, not assassination. So get it right, people. Meanwhile, in the great state of New York, the great city of New York City, you know, Mayor Bloomberg's city, you know, the custom with retired officials is to continue to call them that. President so-and-so, Mayor so-and-so, Governor so-and-so, Mayor Bloomberg's city in Brooklyn, 34 members of two rival street gangs were charged in a 122-count indictment. They were the Brownsville-based street gangs, Wu and Chu. I know, doesn't that sound like this is some sort of dark comedy? No, that's those acronyms. They go by these two horrible, vicious, murderous, rapacious gangs. Those 122 counts include numerous counts of attempted murder, of first and second degree rape, of robbery and burglary and weapons criminal possession of, and charges related to the attempted murders. And then they <laughs> they very carefully split hairs here. They say nine of those shootings were attempted murder, four were only reckless endangerment shootings. Really? Well, but Mayor Bloomberg's town, Should he be held responsible for every crime that takes place? He isn't mayor anymore. He hasn't been mayor for some time, this great billionaire businessman. No, little Mike should not. But he should be held responsible for the things that he did while mayor and that he did following leaving office that he has continued to do up until this time. Also, he doesn't need to worry about the Me Too, hashtag Me Too gang, because he's running as a Democrat, so he won't have a problem with that. But he should have, (laughs) based on past indiscretions and uh, various different settlements and so forth. But, Over to the Middle East, 
perhaps you heard some word or saw that United States forces came under fire and troops responded in self-defense. It resulted in a Syrian man being killed, another being wounded. Bashar al-Assad's government supporters attacked American troops, tried to block their way as their convoy drove through an army checkpoint. Now, that might sound like, you know, rather innocent stuff, right? This kind of thing happened all the time and has continued to happen in Iraq and Afghanistan, stopping convoys and slaughtering the soldiers, ambushing the soldiers. But it's not necessarily so innocent, even so close to an army checkpoint. So what did these innocent government supporters do? They fired small arms at this convoy, flying U.S. flags. A small fire was was shown to have ignited on one of the vehicles as a result of firebombs that were thrown at the convoy. Rocks pelted the troops. But these American troops who were under fire from this group, they finally fired live ammunition and smoke bombs to disperse them. But to hear the official story from the great conveyors of truth, all the American troops were in the wrong. But the point is, this whole area is just a teeming hornet's nest in which American soldiers have been placed in harm's way. just unconscionably, inexcusably, horribly. But there was a rocket attack that hit northern Iraq, a base that United States troops were stationed at in the province of Kirkuk. Last I saw, there were supposedly no casualties. However, that's what they said from this other such shelling of a base following the death of Qasem Soleimani, this terrorist leader, high general within the Iranian military, who was taken out near the Baghdad-Iraq airport. But following that, there was a shelling. There have been multiple shellings. But this first shelling of this United States facility, I don't know what the number is now. It's at least 60 that suffered traumatic brain injury syndrome. 
which the president is dismissive of, typically. I, I don't know what he has said about regarding that, but typically dismissive of that. This same base came under attack on December 27th. And in that case, a United States contractor died. And that was blamed on Kitab Hezbollah. It's an Iraqi terrorist group, but directly tied to wonderful Islamist regime in Iran. Of course, there is now a, an Ar- Iraqi Islamist regime <laughs> to go with it. So, great things. But NATO, I mentioned in a previous program that Iraq, the Islamist regime in Iraq, after prohibiting the United States from continuing its operation there, which it should not be involved in any way, of training Iraqi military, that there was this push to get dear old NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, to take over, to fill in, to take the place vacated by the United States. Interestingly enough, President of the United States, Donald Trump, he made a demand that NATO get involved. He shouldn't have, but he did. He should have just said, okay, we're out of here. Lots of luck. But instead, he helped pressure NATO, and NATO has now declared that they will expand the Western Alliance's training mission in Iraq. Outstanding. But on that note, adjacent to that, in dear old Afghanistan, where any military operation that there was, as was the case with Iraq, if there had to be one, It should have been extremely targeted, extremely limited. Limited to destruction of Al-Qaeda. And if President Bush was so inclined, and he was, focused on taking out Saddam Hussein and his wonderful sons, Kudai and Usay, that, that take them out. Take down the upper echelons of his regime. And so forth. But that's it. Go in. Have insertion into those nations. Extraction. Out. Bomb them. Go in. Root out these. And get out. But no. Instead, let's go occupy them. Let's engage in nation-building. Let's subject our troops to urban warfare where it is impossible to tell friend from foe more often than not. Well, in Afghanistan, two outstanding young Special Forces soldiers were murdered 
There was a terrorist insider attack at the base on which they were stationed. In Shirzad District, Nangarhar Province. And six were wounded. And these two outstanding young men, both 28 years of age, were murdered, as was one Afghani. Yes, it's, this has been referred to various different ways, but it was an insider terrorist, Islamist terror attack. One individual in Afghani uniform opened fire on the United States and Afghan force with a machine gun. These outstanding young men, Special Forces, Sergeant First Class Javier Jaguar Gutierrez, 28, of San Antonio, Texas, and Sergeant First Class Antonio Ray Rodriguez, 28, of Las Cruces, New Mexico. They were assigned to the 3rd Battalion, 7th Special Forces Group. They were training Afghanis when they were murdered. Thank you, all of our presidents, for all of the monstrous destruction and bloodshed that you've brought upon so very many, so very many servicemen. We had no business being there. But meanwhile, guess what? Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, is over there working out an agreement with Taliban. Now, You're probably aware that our president, Donald Trump, he invited the Islamist terrorist Taliban to Camp David. Then some cooler heads prevailed, and that invitation was rescinded. But Mike Pompeo was over there, despite his strong presence, the American delegation has been unable to secure a full ceasefire from the Taliban, and that would be worth so much. But American negotiators have instead chosen to demand that the Taliban, Islamist terror group, agree to a formal reduction in violence. You heard me right. We're going to settle for a reduction in violence, for a reduction in murder of American soldiers. Great stuff. Just, it's just outstanding. 
Afghan President Ashraf Ghani said the Taliban had committed to a significant and enduring reduction in violence. After he met with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, they committed to that. Oh, and they are so honorable. They've always shown themselves to be so honest and honorable. Mm-hmm. So they are going to agree to a reduction in the amount of murder they commit against us. And in exchange for that promise from them, we will do all manner of good things for them. Because that's how insane We are as a nation, as a government. And no, it wouldn't be better with one of the Democrats there. This is the kind of insanity that ran rampant under the presidency of Barack Hussein Obama. Islamist Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, no, 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 he was Christian. Really? Well, the Reverend Wright was of that radical, antichrist, libertarian theology bent, communist. But anyway, if you want to call Barack Islamist, want to call him communist, I don't care. It all goes together. Socialist, communist, fascist, Islamo-fascist. They go together. They supposedly don't. They supposedly butt heads They supposedly don't get along ever. But, if you will recall, Hitler's Nazis got along, played nice with Stalin's communist regime until it didn't. Until he stupidly decided to take on Stalin's forces and Russia itself. And in Africa, you can find one regime after another where communism and Islam go hand in glove. Amazingly, impossibly, but true. Meanwhile, speaking of supporting the troops, the Trump administration is in the process of planning to transfer a great deal of money from being used to build fighter jets, ships, drones, National Guard, military equipment, and divert it to fund none other than the wall on the U.S.-Mexico border. So says the Pentagon. An additional $3.8 billion. Okay. (laughs) So... This brings the tally to approximately $10 billion since last year to help pay for the border wall. All in a good cause. Perhaps you haven't heard yet, but you probably will, that Hope Hicks, she is being recalled to active duty at the White House. Beautiful, intelligent, classy, Seeming, acting, Hope Hicks. She will be reporting to Jared Kushner. Oh, that is just wonderful. Her official title will be counselor to the president, but she will be reporting 
to Jared Kushner, his golden boy son-in-law, who's a chip off the old block even though they're not blood relatives. Hope, who is still a young woman, as a young woman she served as President Trump's closest advisor, followed him from the campaign trail to the White House. If he were a good and godly and wise man, that never would have been the case. But he lives large, this Donald Trump. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.